Welcome to the Disciple Making Leader Podcast, your resource for exploring the world of disciple making and leadership within the church. Discover Jesus' strategy for raising up leaders, growing the church, and multiplying a movement. Let's jump into today's episode and explore the power of a disciple making leader. All right, well, welcome to episode seven of the Disciple Making Leader. Uh, so excited about this uh, this seventh episode, and man, we've had some great conversations. My name, by the way, is Glenn Underhill. I am the executive director for uh, Disciple First, a ministry that really just revolves around training people to look at the life and ministry of Jesus and how did Jesus do it? And could we shape and relook at how we do ministry his way? Uh, We coach, consult, and then we also uh, do a lot of resourcing as well. So this is part of that resourcing piece is this podcast. Uh, I know my guest and the man that I have on here, a good friend uh, for many years who's recently written a book called The Disciple Making Leader, um, and we're walking through that through this, these episodes. So, Craig, why don't you quickly introduce yourself, and then we'll jump into today's episode. All right. How are you doing, Glenn? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, Craig. Great, great to see you. Good to be here with you. And uh, yeah, Craig Etheridge, I'm the lead pastor at Cross Creek Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, man, just super excited about what we're talking about today, because we're really talking about how do we raise up leaders and not just any kind of leader but how do we raise up disciple making leaders you know that's really the difference you know glenn we talked about in previous episodes that you know there's the there's the uh, superstar leader you know the guy that hey i'm the secret sauce you know and 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 we tend to want to have those people on our team because we're going to get maybe some quick results right but the downside of that is uh that type of leader typically does not multiply themselves. They kind of feel like they're the only ones who can do this particular thing. And so they may take you for a distance, but then they're going to hop off somewhere else. And then you're right back where you started from. What we really need are people that are disciple making leaders that yes, are competent. Yes, are, are spirit filled. Yes, can do the job well, but can also aggregate uh, invest in and raise up a cadre of leaders around them that can multiply the ministry. And uh, that's what we're sorely lacking. Yeah. And that's kind of what, like you just said, we've been unpacking for the last six ex- episodes, which we'd encourage you to go back. You can listen to those uh, on our existing podcasts and catch those episodes because it's really good. And I yeah. think that is at, at, at a nutshell, the, the essence of what we're really looking at and, and not just saying, Hey, what's a disciple making leader look like, but let's go back to Jesus. Jesus, right. this idea of, hey, Jesus is not only the greatest disciple maker, but he was also the greatest disciple making leader. Mm-hmm. And did he have a strategy? Did he have a, an approach? Did he have a method for, for making disciple making leaders? And we believe he did. And Absolutely. in fact, we even say the last, really the last six to 12 months of his ministry were really focused on on leadership development pieces. Yeah. And uh, and so let's uh, let's dive into today's sure. podcast and jump right in because uh, I think there's some really good things to talk about because uh, as we're now kind of shifting into this more practical piece of it, um, why don't we start with what are, you know, we've talked about it in one episode, the pathway that Jesus had for making a disciple, mm-hmm. but what's the 
we, we now we've introduced we're introduced this idea of the, of the pipeline. What are those levels within a leadership pipeline that Jesus was also raising up this disciple making leader to be? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, what I'm going to give today, Glenn, is is a five-level leadership pipeline. This is kind of a typical pipeline for an average church. Uh, sometimes you may not have five levels, right? If you're a church plant or you're a smaller church, you may not need all five levels at that point. You may be scaling up to that. Right. Uh, if you're a larger church, you may need more than five. You know, it just kind of depends. So there's a scalability to this. But we're just going to start off with five um, just as kind of a baseline and and that is simply that you know kind of at the at the bottom of the pipeline or at the maybe the the initial stage of the pipeline would be you need uh, a self leader a self leader is is really a volunteer this is somebody that you know they're not overseeing anybody they're just leading themselves and if you can't lead yourself you certainly can't lead other people and and so we're going to actually do a deeper dive today on the self-leader. But uh, above that self-leader then would be a team leader. This would be somebody who leads a, a team of two to two to ten, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. But they are giving direction to a team of people to accomplish a ministry task. Then you have the leader of leaders. This leader of leaders, and we're going to do a whole episode just on that one, mm-hmm. really oversees multiple team leads. Uh, and then uh, above the leader of leader would be what we call a departmental leader. This is somebody that's going to oversee a whole department like the student ministry, kids ministry, worship ministry, you name it, men's, women's ministry, however, however you uh, parse that out. Uh, that's a departmental leader. They're giving oversight to all the leaders of leaders, all the team leads, and all the volunteers in that, in that uh, ministry department. And then uh, above that would be the organizational leader. Uh, and these, these are either executive pastor, senior pastor, depending on your uh, polity, it may be elder board of elders, you know, it can be right. d- different. Um, but these are, these are the people that are overseeing the whole organization. Mm. And they're, they're trying to give direction to the whole organization moving forward. And so, Glenn, the, those are the five uh, levels of leadership. And, uh, of course, Mac Lake has done a great job writing resources. We're very appreciative. We were on his podcast not too long ago and uh, has really uh, given a lot of great content on these. Um, so we recommend him as yeah, well. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's take a deeper dive into this uh, this 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 self leader, uh, the the beginning point of this leadership pipeline, um, and I think maybe a good place to start is l- l- let's kind of give a good definition yeah. uh, of of what a of self leader is. I know you gave a little bit of a description, but I, I know that in in the book you actually give a very specific definition of a self leader, uh, and then I think after that, let's kind of even start looking at what are some of the distinctives of a of a self leader. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, in the book, we we give a whole chapter to this, and so we're obviously not being able to cover all the content, but we'll kind of do a flyby. A definition of a self leader is this: self leaders are those who volunteer in your ministry. They are not asked to lead others; they are only asked to lead themselves and to accomplish a ministry task. And Glenn, these are just super important, right? I mean, right. we cannot do a Sunday morning without a lot of these people. Right. Uh, when we put them on the on the low end or the initial stage of a leadership pipeline, we're not in any way saying that these are subpar are people. You know, that's not a scale of value. In fact, if, if that were the case, it'd probably be flipped the other way around because we need many, many, many volunteers. And when you run out of volunteers, you just simply can't do ministry. We are a volunteer. Every church is a volunteer organization. And so 
We're so thankful for those that choose to give their time, their talent, their treasure uh, to the Lord and engage as a volunteer. And this and Glenn, you oversee you know a whole lot of departments at our church, and you you know how many volunteers it takes yep. uh, in running kids ministry and student ministry and adults, and then you get into guest services and uh, communications, just on and on it goes. Uh, we need a whole lot of these folks, and um, so we have to we have to know how to really value them, you know, well, recruit them well, uh, treat them well, and I'm sure you you know what it's like when you have a crunch and you don't have these people. Right. Yeah, it can it can be devastating to a ministry. Um, it can create uh, feelings amongst others that there's not safety or it's yeah. not a it's you know there's a there it's just a super really super important that um, that you you be able to have these self leaders because they do they are the boots on the ground right yeah. they're doing work of ministry and they are absolutely critical to the overall mission of the church. Yeah. And yet you have to have them um, and they they really make, they, they, they can make or break. And so I think it's important to be able to really uh, be able to not only define what they do, but I think it's important to even give some distinctives as we just were saying, what are some of those distinctives yeah. that would really distinguish a, a self-leader? So when we, we think about what do self-leaders need um, there are a couple of things that come to my mind. Uh, one is they need clarity and training on their specific task before they do the job. <laughs> right. That before they do the job piece is, is, is really important because, I mean, how many times Glenn be like, oh my gosh, we, we need somebody that can fog a mirror just to get in here, right? right. And just, right. just to, you know, we need, we need urgent need in the nursery. We got to have urgent need over here. And so we're, we're constantly plugging dikes, right? So we're recruiting people and then we just kind of toss them in and we don't mean that in a negative way, but gosh, we don't really train them well beforehand. We don't really prepare them beforehand. They don't get a chance to observe, um, you know, that type of thing. So so they're just kind of learning as they go. And many times that could come across as, man, you don't really care about me. You know, I'm just here solving your problem. You're not really investing in I'm me at all. just filling a slot. Yeah, I'm just filling a slot. I'm a, I'm a cog in the wheel and I, I don't really matter. And we certainly don't want that to happen. So one of the things we have to do with our volunteers is have a, a plan of how to clarify what it is we want them to do uh, in, in, by either modeling, by you know having it in writing, and, and then really be able to prepare them well before they do that task. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with somebody uh, just the other day, and they were complaining about what they were doing. And, and they said, you know what? They, they, did, they didn't prepare me for this. They didn't really train me for this. They just kind of threw me into it. And I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, and boy, that could be said of a church, you right. know, all day long. Yep. And so we, we need to, number one, clarify and train them before they do uh, the work. Number two, uh, they need vision to see how their task is contributing to the greater purpose of the church. Yep. Right. They're not you're not just making coffee. You're creating a warm environment for a guest. Right. right. You're not just babysitting kids. You're helping shape their spiritual uh, experience, even as a child and, and creating a safe place for the parent to come. Yeah. And I was going to say that's so key, because if someone doesn't understand the 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 essence of why they're doing what they're doing, they they can um, 
lose sight of the big picture of the, the of the mission and that that they're needed to to fulfill that piece because okay. they are helping to to move the mission forward and yeah. that each person is playing an individual task and role that's super uber important to us achieving what what you know Jesus has called us to do is to make and multiply disciples and uh, and so they're and, and the cool part is they're getting to play a part in that and to see that happen and uh, and that's one of the things like even I think about kids ministry you know sometimes it can be seen as well hey we're just doing child care but not only which is just not the case I mean right. they're getting a chance to shape the next generation but they're also participating in helping those children's families be able to be a part of a, another piece of 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 community or of another serving opportunity that's engaging and helping others to move forward in, in their faith journey as well. So it, it, it really matters. And when you can see how you play a small part in the larger picture, man, it really helps to motivate them and to help them stay focused on why it is what they do, what they do. Yeah. So that's critical. So cultivating, I'm sorry, clarifying, you know, what their job is beforehand, really casting vision. Another thing they need, and this is often overlooked, Glenn, is they need spiritual encouragement. You know, many times we're like, hey, we need this task done. We need this slot filled. And then we once it's filled, we kind of move on and we don't see these volunteers uh, are people that we need to be nurturing spiritually. We need to be discipling them. We need to be investing. In. This is what that team leader, then this person's underneath their care. And not only to pastor them well, but to disciple them mm. and invest in them spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I, you know, I don't want to belabor this, but it, it does have a very crucial element because from time to time, a, a, a self leader will get discouraged um, oh. you know, something goes wrong or something happens the way it wasn't supposed to, or, um, you know, whatever that might be, they, they do need that flame stoked a little bit from time to time to remind them, Hey, what you're doing, going back to that vision, going back to, you know, the clarity and the training all help to remind them and encourage them that uh, what they're doing really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, some some people at this level of the organization just volunteering, uh, they may not even be believers yet. I mean, you can have people uh, holding the doors and, and people working in the parking lot and people doing all kinds of things around your church that are still maybe even in the explore stage of their uh, spiritual journey. And so it's just really important to be thinking, where's this person at spiritually? How can I help them take a next step? This is often the low-hanging fruit of who should I disciple? This mm -hmm. is the first place I go. Okay, who's already with us and serving in some capacity that hasn't been discipled yet? Man, this is this is easy place to begin. Yeah, it's a, it becomes a good fishing pool because mm -hmm. you're being able to watch and observe them and see their consistency and faithfulness and availability and their teachability and responsiveness as they're as they're starting to serve serve in these these areas of self-leader uh, roles yeah. and tasks. And that's going to look different from yeah. church to church and how that plays out and what that looks like, what we consider these self-serving, not self-serving, sorry, <laughs> right. self-leaders uh, might look a little bit different somewhere else. But um, that's for churches to, again, to bring some clarity to and to understand. But uh, yeah, I, I think that um, it, it just helps to continue to 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 be vitally important for that process. 
Yeah, and then just the last one I would add is that they need they need pastoral care, right? They need somebody that's going to say, hey, you're on our team. You're part of our family. We're serving together. We're doing life together. We care about you. And not just feel like, hey, I'm coming in and I'm doing my task and nobody really cares about me or how my week is or ministering to me. It, that breaks my heart. I know that that happens. I know that people come in and they're really volunteering to serve the, serve the Lord, but nobody's really asking them how their day was or, you know, and um, man, this is just a great opportunity for us to love our people well in this particular environment. Yeah, it's interesting. I was having uh, one of my uh, one-on-one meetings with one of my direct reports uh, and we have a phenomenal kids pastor. And uh, we were walking through some, kind of this whole self-leader piece. And, um, you know, he's got a, a, a notebook for every single one of his of his leaders. And it talks about the big picture. And it, you know, and he, you know, he does a great job of clarifying each specific task or whatever role that they may be playing as a self-leader in their part of the of the big picture and it and he has you know he does training not only you know he does a large training but then he does some continual training throughout the year and he does it through some creative means and through you know different ways it's just really good and then you know he's he's a fabulous at casting great vision they can see how their piece plays a part of the greater good yeah. of of our kids ministry as well as as, as a mission, as a whole, as a church. And he's dynamic at encouraging and he does neat things. I mean, like his team writes letters to all of their volunteers throughout the year, handwritten notes. I mean, who doesn't want to get a handwritten I note know. saying, hey, thank you for what you, but they, they labor over, but the, it, it it's making a difference. Hey, I've and, even gotten one of those notes. I know. Then, and it just know, saying, hey, thanks for being a part of, of this particular event or right. this particular project or this particular thing. And I, I I am often um, someone will come by and say something to me, or he'll send certain things like if they're sick or they're ill, and he'll send them you know a little nice little treat or something along the way. Um, but I'm constantly you know people are telling me, man, I just feel like I am a part of an amazing team. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And we were in a lunch yesterday with one of his, yep. with one of his volunteers. And he yep. was like, man, I love what I do. And it's, this is my sweet spot. And I, yeah. and I, he said, this is what I'm meant, meant to, do. to do. Yeah. And he was very really clear incredible. on what he's doing. And, uh, and I, he feels cared for yeah. and he's giving. And what's interesting is, is when you look at his journey, he's moved, the pipeline in our kids ministry, right. but he started at that self leader, but now he's on that core team, right. but how that's been brought through that. And I'm just like, wow, such a, such a cool thing. And it's a great picture of what we're talking about here. And uh, I would just say to any pastor leader that's, that's listening to us uh, that, man, this is really, really important. I mean, this is kind of where you start is, okay, how well am I? clarifying how well am I investing in shepherding well uh, how well am I casting vision to my volunteers because we have lots and lots of volunteers in every department and they need a lot of attention and and we can't just throw them into the job and then move on to the next thing we just really can't do that 
And so, uh, and if you're doing, a lot of times they're doing that because the span of care, like I'm one person, I'm trying to oversee right. 30, 30 teams. And so I just start plugging dikes. And, uh, and so that, that really gets down to span of care and, right. you know, what level, what layers of your organization do you already have in place? So I would just say that these are the main needs or distinctives of a self leader. And it's really cool to watch how Jesus uh, does this, you know, when we study the Gospels. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think in, well, I don't think, I know in the book you even kind of give some ways that Jesus actually uh, actually was doing this as he was developing self-leaders. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think you identify five five things. So let's just real quickly walk through those five uh, as a way to help introduce how did Jesus develop these self-leaders? Yeah, so we'll just go through them pretty quickly. But one one thing Jesus did really well was he cultivated curiosity. And I go back to John 1, 35 through 39, when, remember, uh, Andrew and, and John uh, are following Jesus. This is right in the early stages. John the Baptist just said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These guys follow after Jesus. And he turns around to him and he asks him a question, you know, what do you want? Right. They're like, well, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. So this idea of come and see, come hang out, come check this out. Uh, He was cultivating curiosity. He was inviting them in. What a great way to recruit somebody, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working in uh, in the student area to say, hey, man, you should come and see what's going on. You know, I would use those words. Those are great words. You know, why don't you come and see that, man, God's moving. This is such a great, exciting place. We have, got, we have so much fun. Why don't you come and check it out and come watch for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Jesus was a master at inviting people in yep. uh, and, and just making it easy for them to come and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I just so much love about Jesus because he saw the potential mm-hmm. in, in, in every person as one created in the image uh, of God. But, uh, but this idea of how do you help them begin to, to really move to that next level is you start with that cultivating that curiosity, that yeah. come and see, come and just come and watch and, and be a part. And, and I think you're going to catch, catch a, a, a lot of excitement over what you see and want to be a part of it. You know, Glenn, uh, recruiting based on guilt is not really that great. Yeah. Uh, recruiting based on crisis is not even that great. Yeah. Well, and, and I think we fall into a trap in church, unfortunately, because we, we do. I mean, I, I think we, I say to my teams all the time, hey, volunteer, I mean, recruiting is something where it's an ongoing right. uh, a task, right? An ongoing thing. And, and we should never get to a, you know, a spot where it's just, hey, there's, Nothing left to do, and I throw up, you know, because then we're in a we're in a trouble place. Right. But um, I, I think this idea that um, you know, just sending out messages saying, "Hey, we need volunteers," or we, uh, this is what I loved about Jesus is because he makes a personal he personalizes that invitation, right. and I right. think that is the best form for anybody's removing them up. But especially here at the serving level, the this, this self-leader is that personal invitation of saying, hey, I see you. I recognize something unique and special about you. And I think you could make a meaningful contribution. Come and see. Yeah. Not just uh, an announcement in the program. Uh, not just a 
call for urgent need from the platform. You know, a lot of guys go, well, I I, got to recruit from the platform. Well, I would say that's the lowest form of recruitment. That's not how Jesus did it. Jesus did it, it, this personal invitation. So you, but you, somebody may be hearing us saying, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, because you probably have a whole lot of people. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know, the only thing I can do is go from the platform, but I would start with who do you already have and who do they know? Right. You know, start with, okay, I've got five people in the nursery. I need 10. Well, who do they know? Who are they in relationship with? And could you kind of run down that and run down that road and then have individual conversations with two or three people that they already know they are going to have relationship with them and say, hey, would you come and just check out what's happening here? We're so happy casting vision the whole way. Uh, you're going to get much further down the line than just having an urgent plea from the platform. And that's it's fun to serve in, in ministry with others that you're in relationship with, too, yeah, right? Absolutely. So um, I, I think it that is a great, great uh, action thought for some of those out there that are saying, where do I begin? Just start with your existing volunteers and ask them, hey, give me the list of three to five people you might know that I could make contact with and put a phone call into, or I, you know, one of the things we, we talk a lot about on our team is, Hey, who are the two or three every week, two or three people I need to have a strategic conversation with yeah. is it might relate to something like this because yeah. we're thinking about it intentionally. We're thinking about it differently yeah. because it's a, it's about the mission. Yeah. Come and see. It's so such a great line of Jesus that you can use. Another thing Jesus did uh, was he spent time with them. I love John three twenty two, And it just says that Jesus speaking of his disciples, it literally says he spent time with them. Mm. And uh, again, this is a, a way that Jesus invests in his leaders. We really don't have the option these days of just getting, you know, a plea from the platform. Then we stick them in a room and then we don't spend time with them. Um, and, and I know, I know what people are thinking Glenn, right now. I don't have time to spend time, you know, with these people, but, uh, you really don't have the luxury of not spending time with them. If you want to cultivate a healthy team environment, and if you want to cultivate, uh, a cohesiveness on your ministry mm. team. And so, uh, I, I would say that, you know, obviously this is why you want a leader, a team leader overseeing a, a handful of volunteers right. that can spend time with them and spending time, you know, for Jesus may look different than it does for us, but it could mean strategic lunches. It could mean strategic breakfast times. It could mean uh, going to their kids' ball game and you're hanging out with them in the stands. But just being intentional about spending time with these volunteers is really super important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, huge. And, and that's so good. What, what about the third one? Yeah, the third one is Jesus sparked spiritual conversations. You know, in John 3, you have Jesus in this conversation with Nicodemus. And so Jesus is sparking these spiritual conversations. And I think that early on, you need to be sparking spiritual conversations with your volunteers, because honestly, we really don't know many times where they're at spiritually. Just because they've been in the church for 50 years doesn't mean they're walking with Jesus. Right. Doesn't even mean that they know Jesus. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of times we assume, I just think we assume way too much. We get people into leadership roles and, and we don't really even know where they're at spiritually. And so a part of that, cultivating curiosity and spending time is talking to them about their spiritual growth and really beginning to invest in their spiritual growth. And I'll go ahead and just say, uh, in addition to that, number four is that Jesus really stretched them beyond their comfort zone. You know, as you're investing in them spiritually, how can you kind of stretch them to try new things? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because that's how you kind of see if this person is kind of tapped out in their ability. I mean, that that's just kind of all that they can do, or if they're really to take a step up and maybe come start moving up that pipeline. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that uh, you know, as especially someone new coming into a, 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 a that self that self-leader they've not maybe ever served before or maybe they've served in an area that's, a um, you know, that maybe now is requiring a little bit more commitment on their end. There is a sense of, hey, I'm, 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 I'm being asked to do something outside of what's my norm, the comfort spot. But I think there's something really great about that because it's in that, it's in that area that they have to wrestle with and really depend, start to depend on who depend on the Holy Spirit to work in them and through them. And they begin to see that, you know what, um, ministry happens best when I'm, when I'm operating under the work and the control of the Spirit of God in me and through me. And it just, again, begins to cultivate opportunities for transformation and growth because they're getting to serve uh, and to exercise uh, dependency, to exercise faith, to to exercise their spiritual gift, that spiritual muscle, and it and it it I think it it brings about some really transformational touch points. Absolutely, and Glenn, think about how many great leaders in your church, in our church, in other people's churches that are 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 not moving up the pipeline, right? They're not emerging. Mm-hmm simply because we're not really looking at that volunteer as some, you know, what do they, what else do they have that they can contribute? How else could they might contribute in a higher way? We're so busy plugging the dike, not spending time with them, overstretched, right. overstressed, that we're missing out on all this, this latent potential that is there uh, at the first step of this uh, self-leader category. And so it might be good, a good little exercise is to stop, and every leader, just take a look at the volunteers that you have and start thinking, you know, if I had to pick one or two of these that I really think could have the potential to move to a team lead or maybe even a divisional lead at some point, uh, what, which one would they be? Yep. And what would it take to spend a little more time with them, to spark spiritual conversations with them, to start stretching them, asking them to lead out in some more areas, and just see what happens? You know, I, I think if we would just stop and think about it for a minute, ask the Spirit of God to reveal who He's at work in, uh, we could be overlooking some really great leadership that, that's already there. Yeah, and I and I think this is where Jesus was so good. Is I, you know, I we talk about heads heads down time and heads up time and on, on my team and the importance as as departmental leaders to be spending a lot of time on heads up and thinking about these kinds of things you're talking about and helping their team leads think of heads up time and, and really diving into some of these things because I think it uh, it, it it's super super strategic um, and and I think it you know I think everybody at some point along the line, wants to wants to be challenged you know, they, they, you know I, I've I was re- recently reading a book where it talked about you know as people are moving through the the life of your church and deciding if they're gonna stick right they they want to know that they're that they're that they're liked that they're valuable um, that uh, they they uh, that they are growing um, that they're accepted and that they're being challenged and I think about that and I'm like man they, you know, Jesus was so good at 
taking that next step and asking them to be challenged to do yeah. that. Absolutely. And I would just add one more on this great conversation. By the way, we could go on and on talking about empowering our volunteers. But one other thing that Jesus did that was really great is that he was able to quickly diffuse negativity. You know, right off the bat, every volunteer is going to be faced with some negative experience, right? You know, some mama that's upset because of how their baby was, you know, handled or not handled or whatever, or somebody barked at them and they're a greeter or in the parking lot or, or whatever the case may be. That's just part of it. You know, you're just you're dealing with all kinds of people in different places. But being able to quickly address those things and kind of diffuse that negativity uh, is really, really important. You see this in John 4, but you also see this in other places throughout the gospel where Jesus is is dealing with Pharisees, right? And these these emerging leaders are watching all this go down. And so I think that it's important to 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 be aware of how are my volunteers, what kind of negativity are they experiencing? Let's talk about that. Let's maybe equip them with skills on what to do when they have the situation. Who do they need to direct that person to? Maybe they don't need to be handling all of that. They can just direct them to, to the team lead or to somebody else. Uh, and so I think thinking about that in advance, preparing them in advance will help them want to keep doing the job. And I go, man, I'm not going to be treated like this anymore. I quit. You know, right. you don't want that. No. So you got to show them how to to handle negativity when it comes. Well, man, that's so good. And I, I hope that this podcast has been incredibly meaningful to you as you're thinking about this idea of raising up the right kinds of leaders, disciple making leaders. And and it starts on that level of of really starting with that self-leader and uh, really being able to think about those distinctives as well as how did how did Jesus go about developing these kinds of leaders. So again, thank you for listening to uh, to this seventh episode. And, uh, and you can, again, be listening to all of these. You can go back and listen to the ones prior to this and, uh, and super excited about our next one uh, as we're going to be talking about uh, the team leader. And so you'll want to, uh, you know, come back on and hear uh, that podcast as well. But thank you, you to Craig for being here with me again. It's always a pleasure to get to hang out with you and spend some time talking about um, our favorite thing about disciple making, disciple making leaders. Amen, brother. Thank you very much. It's great. And uh, I, my prayer for every person listening to this, that, that you will uh, um, just experience the leadership of the Spirit of God in raising up great self-leaders that will expand and grow your ministry. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Disciple Making Leader podcast brought to you by Disciple First. We hope today's episode has been both helpful and challenging in your journey to becoming a disciple making leader. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure you hear the next episode. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, keep making Jesus the model for your life and ministry.